listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Daniel and we have another bonus episode coming your way. We have so many movies. It's Oscar season. Lots is coming out. And so we want to make sure we can get as many of these reviews out to you as possible. So uh, I'm the only regular screener here today, but don't worry. It's not just going to be me talking to you this whole episode. I have a special guest. We have done bonus episodes many times before, so you know him. You also know him from the Next Trek podcast. It's my brother, Tyler Howitt. How's it going, Tyler? It's going well. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks for joining us for this episode. My pleasure. We've been we've both been seeing a lot of movies over Christmas, so uh, we weren't together on Christmas this year. Normally, I you know. and I binge a lot of go to the theater like five or six times the week of Christmas, but uh, we weren't together this year, but we still got to see a lot of movies. So we have two reviews coming your way today. We have All the Money in the World from Ridley Scott, as well as Downsizing. But before we get to that, uh, we want to give a, a quick plug to Tyler and Chris's podcast, The Next Trek. Uh, what's been going on? I know you guys were on a, a mid-season break because Trek isn't airing right now. When does the show come back? Well, uh, Star Trek Discovery comes back next Sunday on the 7th, and so we're really excited to get back to it. Uh, We're going to be recording our episode the next Monday, so hopefully you guys will get a new Next Trek podcast sometime uh, early next week, so maybe maybe Wednesday. Great, so stay uh, on the lookout for new Next Trek in 28 in the rest of 2018 I, I forgot to mention oh man we are recording this yeah on january 1st so this is our first screeners podcast of 2018 uh the rest of the screeners couldn't be here but you know it's still it's still great and worth acknowledging so let's dive right into our first review of all the money in the world you carry your gun mr chase i never bothered ruins a lot of your suit you used to be a spy my child is a prisoner. $17 million. All they will take his eye, his ear, the hand, and don't tell me you don't have the money. My former father-in-law only buys the best. It's time for you to do whatever it is he pays you to do. Let's hope you're half as good as everything else he's bought. We need to pay the ransom, Mr. Getty. I do not have the money to spare. No one has ever been richer than you are at this moment. What would it take for you to feel secure? More. More. I'm gonna find your son. The IMDb description for All the Money in the World reads, The story of the kidnapping of 16-year-old John Paul Getty III and the desperate attempt by his devoted mother to convince his billionaire grandfather, Gene Paul Getty, to pay the ransom. Isn't it John Paul? It says Gene Paul. That's what I thought too, but I think it says Gene. J E A N? Yes. It's Is John. It pronounced John? Okay, well, like that, Jean-Luc you know, that, Picard. Well, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with my very American way of reading it. So, right. uh, this All the Money in the World is directed by Ridley Scott, uh, stars Michelle Williams, Mark Wahlberg, Christopher Plummer. And look, let's let's not bury the lead here. There is one major thing people have been talking about with All the Money in the World, rightfully so. This has been very much in the news. Everyone knows the story by now. The movie was completed with Kevin Spacey playing the role of John Paul Getty and the the grandfather. 
and uh, all of the sexual harassment allegations came out against him, which effectively ended his career, at least as of now. And rather than let the movie effectively die with his career, uh, Ridley Scott recast the role, cast Christopher Plummer at the beginning of November of 2017. And they miraculously filmed his entire role in nine days, had a new trailer out three weeks after his casting, uh, and the film went on uh, four weeks after his casting, four or five weeks, to receive multiple Golden Globe nominations, including one for Christopher Plummer, uh, as well as Michelle Williams. Uh, That's got to be a new record. We talked about that on an earlier episode about the Golden Globe nominations. So that's pretty crazy. So, uh, for good or for bad, we can't really talk about the film without talking about... Plummer and this whole situation. Well, how do you feel about that? I mean, he's he it came in. I mean, we, I think I think everybody was was shocked that that Kevin Spacey got himself fired. But right, do you do you think that they were going to make this deadline when Ridley Scott announced that kind of audacious Absolutely plan? Absolutely not. Right, one hundred conclusively, I was dead certain because they said when they cast him, and again, this is beginning of November. They already had a release date. Of December twenty second, right, and so that's a you know less less than two months. They said no, we're keeping the release date, and I laughed, and right? I I remember talking to people on Twitter. I probably tweeted it. We can probably go look at look at my <laughs> tweets and say they there's no way they make that release date, not even a chance. Uh, and man, I was obviously very wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and even once they made the release date and and had trailers and things and said they were done. I was still like, hmm, I'm not sure. And then the Golden Globe nominations came out, and I even said, I might have said this on our on our podcast a few weeks back, that I wasn't so sure if that was just kind of a publicity thing. Right. The Globes do that. I can conclusively say that uh, he nails the role. Those were not those nominations were not flukes. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me on that. What do you think of his uh, his performance? Just his performance. I think he really nailed it. And and you know, it's it's honestly. It's kind of hard to imagine Kevin Spacey. You know, you can't ignore it when you're in the theater sitting there going, how would Kevin Spacey have done that? Yeah. Um, and he he just nailed it. He did a great job. And now, I don't think he's Oscar worthy. I don't think it was a bad performance by any means. He, he nailed it. He did a great job. I wasn't, uh, my jaw didn't drop, you know, based on, on what he did. Um, and so I think it's, it's fitting for Golden Globe. The Golden Globe who does reward kind of their own set of things sometimes and uh yeah i think i think it works well i have my own thoughts on that (laughs) but let me before i get to my own thoughts on that let's hear your overall kind of general opinions of all the money in the world i enjoyed it um it's it i think well okay so i it's weird because this is it's a movie that many many things i liked um i i don't think that there were any like huge major missteps, but lots of smaller ones um, throughout it. I think it's overly long. Uh, I think that it um, there's things that could have been explored a little bit more or cut. Like either one, either either make this some epic length where we need to delve into Jean Paul Getty's you know deep and, and twisted mind and his motivations um, and his history a little bit more, or cut way more. I think that would have that would have worked and make him more enigmatic. It was it was almost like we saw too much of him for as little as we knew about him. I I can't disagree with a lot of what you said. So overall, give me your overall thoughts. Was it a a positive review, negative review? It was review? good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. 
we were going to get to this later. I'm not going to say everybody needs to go see it in the theater right now. It's a very good rental. It's something that you should go see or you, you should get and see at some point in time. Um, there's good performances. There's some, there's some decent tension. There's some good plotting here, but I wouldn't say we should all go scramble to, to see it right now. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm mostly in line with you on that. Going into this, I knew nothing of the real story. Did you know much about the Getty? I had heard of it, but I, in fact, you and I were texting after I saw it, and I knew nothing about the family. They're a very enigmatic family. Everybody knows the Getty mm. name, I think, but, but that's about it. So yeah, I didn't know other than it had happened. Right. Yeah, and and very similar for me. I I um I didn't really know much of the story at all. And so the the best thing I can say about the movie is that this story is absolutely yes. fascinating. Um, or or maybe more accurately, the characters right. are really fascinating. It made um, me want to do research. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that I wouldn't necessarily say that that's a strength of the movie necessarily. That's that's more just it's an interesting thing that happened in the real world. It might actually even be a criticism of the movie. Like you shouldn't you have given me maybe a little bit more that I don't want to go. I didn't, I left the theater going, Oh, I need to Google all these things. Sure. Whereas they should have maybe told me a little bit more. Sure. Uh, that, that could be. And, um, and so what I, what I loved the most about it was, uh, Getty. I mean, he is yeah. just a larger than life character. I mean, the the oh, yeah. the payphone in the house, the investing <laughs> in art, all of that stuff was super interesting. Um, and so this movie is just it's just very interesting. Yes. Uh, the the genuine plea for help, meeting the impenetrable wall of Getty's greed. It's 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 really gripping. It's a very gripping story, yeah. and it's mostly well told. I think I think I, I line up with you there. The story has some problems. Um, I agree with you. If it's it's way over long, uh, it feels it feels very long, um, and so it could have been a lot tighter. What's the actual runtime? It's like two over. It's like two twenty something something yeah, around there. So it um, should have been either you, two or three. Well, you said make it epic long. Right. Two and a half hours is a long movie. I know. Um, and so regardless, now some movies are that long and don't feel that long. True. Uh, this one felt this felt, and so I, I felt think, every minute of those 220 right and so part of the reason for that i think or, or one of the reasons is uh that they don't communicate the passage of time well at all i agree um i i was often kind of confused as to how long had he been there and then somebody would would have a line about he's been there for months right and i was like oh wow really he's been there like months week? like yeah, yeah like it just a lot of these things just didn't uh, they didn't do that well. They didn't communicate the pass- passengers' time, and so I struggled to kind of follow how long uh, they had, you know, he had been kidnapped. So it was tough to keep track of. But uh, aside from that, so those are really that, that's really the big problem is is the the tightness of the film, the length of the film. But aside from that, um, it, it's just a really fascinating movie. It really is. Just hearing this, it's it's it's. Uh, an unbelievable story in a lot of ways. Right. Like it feels like a fictional story. Uh, and I know a lot of things were fictionalized, but still the, the, the story in, is inherently interesting. And so that kept me really invested in wanting to know how this thing ended. Um, and obviously we're not going to dive into spoilers just yet, but I kept wanting to know what happened next. Right. Um, and we already talked about Christopher Plummer. He is fantastic in this role. Uh, he really lends yep. gravitas to, to Getty. He could very easily have been a very cartoonish, greedy billionaire, and I really don't think that he was. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, Palmer, Palmer is. Um, I think I 
I call him audaciously excellent. I, I think he, he just, he steps into it, not comically, like you said, but just he owns it. When he is in a scene, you feel that he is Getty. You feel that um, he is in control of everything, that he is larger life, but kind of maybe a little crazy, like at least a little tiny bit of crazy, but not, again, not excessively crazy. He just is, he does a great job. Yeah, and more than that, uh, I I feel the layers to yes. him uh, because there is the overwhelming insecurity right. that you feel, even though he's in uh, power, you feel the insecurity underneath the uh, the fear, and uh, like like near the beginning of the film when he uh, when I guess what is it John Paul II? Yes, when they kind of meet for I was the first just time. About this, yeah, and and he 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 kind of he makes a. Uh, sort of apology, but not really yeah. to his son, and it's it's just a it's an interesting moment, and and I think uh, we're we're really benefited by the layers that Plummer brings to it, and uh, obviously I, I never saw and never will see Kevin Spacey's performance right. outside of the trailers that we saw, but in those trailers, to me, he seemed very weighed down by the old age makeup, and I was I was kind of curious to see how that turned out anyway. But all I can say is, without having seen Spacey's performance, Plummer doesn't feel like he's in old age makeup, you know? Because he obviously he's is not. old. <laughs> so yeah. it works. He, he feels like a much more fitting casting yes. anyway, regardless of the controversy or, or whatever. He just feel he, he is the role more than Spacey is. Man. And so um, I, I think he, he did a really excellent job. And, and Michelle Williams, she is great as well. Um, she, she, she's always great. And she, she really is dedicated to the role. He gives it her all. Yeah. Um, and so the performances are fantastic. The story is gripping and interesting and uh, really, really keeps you, if you don't know the story already, like I didn't, it really ke- keeps you uh, wondering how is this all going to end? What's, what's going to happen? Yeah. So I, 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 overall, I really enjoyed the movie even though it has some flaws. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. I, I, and I want to echo about Michelle Williams. I mean, she is, I feel like eventually she's going to be the Meryl Streep of, of her yeah. generation. You know, she is, she's one of those that it feels like almost every time she, she acts, she deserves some kind of a nomination. Sure. Um, and especially I mean, the first one, I really remember her other than, you know, she's in Dawson's and stuff like that, but she, um, was it blue oh, Valentine, blue Valentine, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's where did she win or she just got nominated. She got, she has never won. She's so never she's won. Been nominated like four times now. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, she's excellent. That role too, just, that was the first time I really took notice of her and going, wow, she's an amazing actress. I actually expected a little bit more from her this time. Um, oh really? I, okay. So you were a little disappointed. It's weird because she's great. I mean, again, much like Meryl Streep, it's not like you can ever say she did a bad job, you know, acting. But I I didn't feel it as much. And, and maybe it might have even been what they were going for because at one point in the, in the film, they do actually comment. They're like, where are the tears for your kidnapped son? Right. And so maybe I'm expecting Manchester by the Sea, you know, that one scene where it just mm-hmm. it just grips you and grabs you and rips your heart out. Um, where this is a, a much more layered and, and certainly a larger performance by her overall. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I still, the, the performance still worked for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the fact that she wasn't playing the, the classic weepy, sure. uh, mom, she had to be strong. She, had to, she was the only one who took charge of the situation. True. Nobody else really cared, uh, 
nearly as much as she did and so she had to kind of take charge and i think she played that strong powerful figure going up like i yeah. said earlier against this wall um this this, this she, company she wall she, this corporate yeah, wall exactly so i think i think she played that role pretty well so but yeah i think we're, we're both it sounds like we're both mostly on the same page with this movie um very good uh but with with some issues um which honestly that that kind of feels it feels kind of par for the course for Ridley Scott, (laughs) you know, like, uh, he does every now and then he has like a, a huge hit that everybody loves for the most part, like the Martian. The Martian. Um, I mean, that's a nearly perfect movie for me. Fantastic movie. Uh, but then he, he, he has misfires, you know, and, uh, he's, he's, but you know, for, uh, as long of a career as he had, as he's had, you know, it's, it's still pretty impressive, but, and even his misfires, you know, they're not garbage generally, you know, there's just, it's like, Come on, this is the guy who invented Alien. Right. You know, he's he's not going to make a trash movie generally. I, I, I guess I can't think of his entire catalog off the top of my head, but still. So um, we will head into spoilers, but before we do that, we want to give our recommendations, as always, uh, whether we recommend seeing it in theaters, spending money to rent it, streaming it on a service you already have, like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, whatever. Uh, or skipping it all together. So, uh, Tyler, you already touched on that, but what's your official answer? I say, you know, if you can see it, go see it in the theater. Uh, if you've got Movie Pass, you know, there's no reason to not right. go see it in the theater. But I'd say this is this is definitely um, this is a pay money to stream or rent it. This is, you know, if it, if it's on Netflix for free, absolutely go see it. But I'd pay the two ninety nine and go see it. Okay, and I would mostly agree. I'm a little torn on this one because I think there are far better movies in theaters at the at the moment. Agreed. Um, so I'm hesitant to say go rush out and see it. If you've already seen Lady Bird or uh, whatever else is out, that's the, that's the best movie out in theaters right now. So uh, if you've already seen the better movies in theaters right now, sure go see it in theaters. It's it's. Um, I think you might lose something on a rental because it is so long. It's long and it's a little bit tedious, even though it is interesting. So I feel like if I watch this for the first time at home, I might get distracted by my phone. So um, I don't know. I think it's worth a rental, though. It's not a bad movie at all. So I'm going to settle on Rent. I have to give an actual answer. Rent. Okay? There you go. With that, let's dive into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got him? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, so Tyler, I don't have a ton to say here in spoilers uh, other than really, so he makes it out alive. What do you think about the way it all kind of ended? It's obviously a true story. But. Well, I actually, I think I want to even back up a little bit because I think it gets it gets into how he gets out is... I want to talk about Cinquanta, the Romain Duris, the the kidnapper who kind of befriends mm-hmm. Paul. I actually think he was the best part of the film. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, not a lot of people are mentioning that. I, I had kind of forgotten about him, but now that you bring him up, yeah, he was uh, he was very good. He was very a, a very interesting character. Yeah, uh, you know, at the at the beginning of it, you think, oh, he's just the stereotypical kidnapper. He's going to try and manipulate Paul. He's going to try and do all this other stuff, and and it, it certainly starts out that way. But he he absolutely makes you um i wouldn't say sympathize with him but he he is the way that we connect with paul because charlie yeah. Plummer plays paul very he doesn't oversell it we don't get weepy weepy paul getty we don't get him pleading with his kidnappers we don't get all this stuff so yeah. he is our conduit for for feeling for paul because something about their relationship which we see off screen mostly we see a few good moments um on screen a few a few great moments on screen but um but he is the conduit for us caring about Paul because even his kidnapper has somehow learned to, to really care about Paul. Yeah, that's true. And, and we see that in the way he uh, helps. What, oh, what the, my, one, of my, yeah. one of my favorite scenes was when he, uh, they were about to do the, do the whole ear surgery where they cut off his ear and he goes and, and tries to liquor oh. him up as fast as he can. I thought that was really good. It was uh, so really, good. Yeah, it was a really like almost sweet moment in like a weird way. Cuz he's desperate. I I honestly yeah. I I'm going to like I say Romain Duris for uh for best supporting actor. Truly at least not <laughs> not to win, not to win. He's cuz I think you know either Defoe or Rockwell um have it. But but at least to be up there, at least to be talked about because I think that moment he goes in, he is desperate to get Paul drunk you know so that he he won't feel it and they're gonna they're gonna give him i would assume it's ether or something like that yeah. um uh, to knock him out but to at least desensitize him a little bit and then he yeah. he he is this conduit between um gail the mother and um and the other kidnappers and he it, it's just man he does a great job I, I just i loved every scene that he was in he did a great job yeah he really did i think that's a good uh, a good point and um, another scene that I really enjoyed was the uh, well, well, most any scene with Getty with oh, Chris Plummer Plummer's character, it, yeah. But also uh, the way it ends with with Getty dying. What did you think about all that? I did not. So again, like I said, this movie made me want to to do a lot more googling because I didn't really know any details. I had no idea Getty would die by the end. Uh, no clue. Uh, you know, for all I knew, he was still alive. Even I, I assumed he probably wasn't, but I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, he was like eighty. <laughs> I know, I know, the... <laughs> but but I had no idea. So I, I just, you know, who knows? And you know, some people they live really old, but <laughs> lived till they're one hundred and thirty. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, but I just didn't know. You know, either that or I thought, you know, we just get, you know, one of those title cards at the end that just says, you know, this is when he died or whatever. Um, right. so seeing him die on screen, you know, have the have the stroke and then and then die. And get the really nice comeuppance of, of Gail being um, put in charge of the estate, essentially. Yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah, it it works well. And, and Plummer played it along with everything else. I mean, he never chewed the scene. He never he never really just um, hammed it up. He 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 died well. He uh, he died with a thing in his hands, you know, an yeah, object yeah. that he had tried. He had spent his life collecting in his hands. And I thought that was perfect. Yeah, and I think I think you brought up a, uh, another point. I mean, uh, the whole thing with Gail taking over his estate, but, but that's that's not a compliment to the movie inherently. No. That's just it's a compliment just to what happened. Wow, <laughs> these people had a really weird and Gosh. interesting life. Uh, very uh, interesting. So. So it's it's tough to separate the two. I don't know why it's it's hard to articulate my feelings 
we watch a lot of movies that are based on true stories, yeah. tons and tons. But for some reason in this movie, I just feel like when I say it's such an interesting story, if it doesn't feel like it's a not really to the Scott's movie. fault that it's a really good yeah. story, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, or, or the writer, I, I uh, don't, don't know off the top of my head who wrote the film, but yeah, for some reason it doesn't feel like a compliment to the movie. It feels like it's just an interesting life that they led. So I don't know. It's a, it, this, I have my feelings on this movie are interesting. It's not amazing, but it's, it's just kind of, it's just good. It's just a solidly good movie. I agree. It's a well-done movie. I, I can't say that I have recommended it to anybody, um, but that's not like I've avoided it or, or gone against recommending it. It's just, it's fine. Yeah. It's very and, fine. And uh, I, I said I was going to touch on my thoughts as far as awards go. I forgot to do that in our earlier section. Uh, I definitely think Plummer is worth an Oscar nomination. Sure. Uh, looking at this, it's a pretty crowded category. He's not going to uh, win, but he, I think it's worth he, a nomination. Absolutely. I think it is absolutely. And I actually think he could win the Globe uh, sure. just because of the attention that would draw. Personally, I think he is one of the best supporting actor performances of the year. Uh, you know, regardless of award stock, he would be my person, one of my personal picks. I wouldn't be too surprised if I saw him up there uh, as a one of the Oscar, eventual Oscar nominees. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think Michelle Williams. Uh, I certainly don't think she has much of a shot. That's a pretty ca- crowded category this year. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be too surprised to see him there. What the what the film just does well, and I don't think we've we've gotten to say this yet is is really hitting that wall of their family being a, a company. Their family is a bureaucracy. Yeah. And and there's that moment at the beginning of the film where where Michelle Williams Gale is there with her whole family standing below the Getty Tower and they're all looking up at it and they don't realize, A, that their grandfather is the one who owns the company. They have no yeah. idea. Um, and then them kind of coming into the fold of the family and getting welcoming in there in a really great scene. Um, that's, that's maybe is my favorite scene of the film is, is him kind of welcoming his family into the fold. And you just see this complex layered, um, person that Getty was. And then just Gail's struggle. Maybe this is what I wanted from, from Michelle Williams. Maybe I wanted more of a, an Aaron Brockovich, you know, struggle against the man. Um, but that just, that, she's just bashing her head against a corporation. And even though there is a, a very personal, especially to her, a very personal face to the corporation. Um, it's, it's when he he already has everything in the world, literally his money is the title title is all the money in the world. Right. And he's afraid of letting go what he makes in, in the interest, um, in interest one day. You know, he makes yeah. $17 million, you know, just even guesstimate, even if he only has $1 billion, he makes $17 million a day in interest. Right. You know, he could he could give the the money to, to her without even feeling it. But he's he's so scrambling to have more and more and more. And, and that's, I think, what I wanted the film to explore more. But it, it, it hits it nicely. I just want maybe more. I almost want him to be in his money bin, like Scrooge right. McDuck, like, <laughs> pu- like pulling all the, his coins around him and, and you know, and, right. and panicking a little bit more or something like that. Yeah, and then there's one other thing we haven't talked about even once in this entire review. Mark Wahlberg. We oh have not gosh, mentioned. we haven't even said his name. <laughs> and you know what the reason for that the reason for that yep, is yep. he does nothing. It could of have note been here. anyone. Yeah. There there is nothing special. And I think that's that's not all Mark Wahlberg's fault. I think the no, character is very and, and that bland doesn't as mean well. He is bad even. Yeah. He's just 
he's not bad. He's just he's just completely unextraordinary. There's nothing special about the character, like from a writing perspective, nope. or, or from the performance. There's just kind of he's just kind of there. He does. I saw somebody. I, yep. I can't take credit for this joke, but there was somebody said online. He he tried to do the whole white guy thing where you just put glasses on and hope for an right. Oscar nomination. <laughs> um, you know, it's just there's just nothing there. You yeah. know, uh, nothing special. So um, that's why. I, I almost forgot to mention him in this entire review. And so, yeah, that's the, he's just, you know, he's just kind of there. So um, not bad. It is what it is. I think we have covered yeah. this movie enough. So let us know what you thought of All the Money in the World, uh, whether you liked it more or less than us. We want to hear what you have to say uh, because it's certainly a, an interesting movie and a, and a newsworthy movie. This was the eyes of uh, a lot of people were on this movie, just kind of curious to see with the whole plumber situation. So, uh, all right, well, that wraps up our review of All the Money in the World. So let's move on to the next film in our double feature with downsizing. The cause of all the catastrophes we are seeing today is overpopulation. We are proud to unveil the only practical remedy to humanity's gravest problem. Wow, that is wild, isn't it? It's just wild. That's Dave, Dave Johnson. Hey, everybody. And Carol. He never struck me as the kind of guy who'd go get small. Downsizing takes the pressure right off. Plus, you're really making a difference. You mean all that crap about saving the planet? Yeah. Downsizing is about saving yourself. We live like kings. We got the best houses, best restaurants. Cheesecake Factory, got three of them. In Leisureland, your $52,000 translates to $12.5 million to live on for life. Wow. Do you understand that you will undergo the permanent and irreversible medical procedure commonly known as downsizing, and that your bodies will be approximately 0.0364% of their current mass and volume? The IMDb description of downsizing says, It is a social satire in which a man realizes he would have a better life if he were to shrink himself to five inches tall, allowing him to live in wealth and splendor. And if it was exactly that, I would have liked this movie more. Okay, interesting. Starting starting right off the bat. <laughs> uh, so you didn't like this movie very much. Is that what you're saying? I, I didn't. This is it's so weird. And I feel like this. I can say this about both of these movies. Okay, something I, I just responded to somebody on Twitter with this, and so I really liked my line, and I wish I'd put this in my own written review of it. Um, I think that this movie, the the parts of this movie are better than the sum, and so mm-hmm. where it the premise is fantastic, it's awesome. It's adult Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Um, it is you know getting us to just see this weird thought experiment of what if you you know were able to shrink yourself, and then you suddenly are super rich, and and all this other stuff. And then it explodes, and, and I'm, I'll really try and do this without spoilers, but it, it explodes into this global level thing, you know, this global level um, saving the world essentially kind of a thing that is, I think, way out of place and too large for what mm, uh, uh. Di- Mr. Payne is actually trying to do. And, and so I think that it uh, the first half of the movie is really great. Um, I like I like Matt Damon's character overall, although I like the secondary characters significantly better. Um, but if it was just about this one man, it, like dealing with his midlife crisis, I think I would love this movie. But then it, it becomes something way bigger, and and it's out of place. Yeah. So you mentioned Alexander Payne. Uh, so oh, I love I, him. 
yeah, before I go into my thoughts overall on the film, um, Alexander Payne is the director of many midlife crisis movies right. like Nebraska and uh, the Descendants and Sideways. And I others. forgot he did the Descendants. Frankly, I, yeah. that's oh, it's, it's so, a phenomenal movie. Yeah, so he has this kind of niche uh, that he kind of does pretty well, and so yeah, obviously you you like Payne very much. I do as well. I think he is a fantastic director. Yep. Um, the Descendants was one of my favorite movies of that year. Yeah. Um, really impressive. So that's why I think he was a great fit for this yes. screenplay. Uh, I think he did a really. Uh, I think he this was right up his alley. It's it's mo- way more high concept. Yep. Uh, than his other films. His, his other films. Uh, don't have any otherworldly or nope. you know kind of science fiction elements. But... I don't think they have any CG in any of them. Right. So this this felt like a good fit because it was it got him a little out of his comfort zone. But the the core of the story seemed to be the whole midlife crisis kind of uh, kind of thing. My thoughts on the film. Um, much like you, it sounded great to me, mm-hmm. um, and I I feel very similarly to you. Our thoughts on all the money <laughs> in the world and downsizing are very similar. Uh, it it the first hour of the film has a lot of genuinely interesting ideas and metaphors for midlife crisis. This had huge potential, and then it goes in extremely weird directions and never recovers. So let me let me start with the first hour and the stuff that I enjoyed. Um, I, th- I think the concept of the film is solid, like I already said. It's silly, kind of, inherently, but but it's solid. It, they explain it enough and explore it really well. It, honestly, to me, so I've heard a lot of people bashing this movie and saying how much they hate this movie. Oh, that no. really that really doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that because uh, at least for the first hour, I can understand if you have stronger feelings about the second hour, which we'll get to, but for this first hour, I, I really can't see what you, what to hate about it uh, because it's delightful honestly, for the first hour. Basically I that's, mean, I kind of felt that way. They, they explained this idea of downsizing so thoroughly that it sounded like a great idea <laughs> to me. Like, I get it. Like, not that I would necessarily want to do it if I were in this world, but I I totally and completely understood the motivations because yeah. all of a sudden you're suddenly, your, your wealth is multiplied and, um, you know, you're helping the environment and you're jumping up in a social class and all this, all this stuff. I was there for it. Um, the emotions and connections to that idea felt really real to me overall and i think i think you're right i I like the side characters better matt damon's character was a bit stale he was just kind of a generic to be though i I agree he's very milquetoast he's very brian cranston at the beginning of uh breaking bad yes i do agree with that um uh, the fact, the, the problem is he never really went anywhere. <laughs> he just kind of stayed that way. Like I said, the whole first hour, I'm I'm there for it. Uh, not that it was incredible, but it was good. Like it was solidly good uh, to me. And then this character, I, I'm gonna mispronounce her name, uh, Nachlan Tran. Is that uh, is that right? Yep, that's what uh, it sounds like to me. So played by Hong Chao. Yes, who is very good. I think she did very good in this good. role. Like out of nowhere. I think she plays the character with depth. She, I think the role intentionally starts out as let's laugh at the funny yeah. accent. Um, but I think it does that in a way that is supposed to be 
uh, you're supposed to feel bad for laughing at her funny accent. Yes. I, I felt. You know what I mean? Like, it starts out as the classic. Unfortunately, there's the stereotype of Asians in in cinema yep. where they're just a punchline because they talk funny and, and how stupid that is. And so I think she starts out that way and then you realize no there's depth to this character she she has done a lot of amazing she's an activist she's been arrested for her activism and all this stuff in fact she was she was downsized for her activism right you know that's i hope that's not too spoilery but that's no that's that's, absolutely yeah there are scenes in this movie which we will get to in spoilers there are scenes in this movie where she 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 acts more than matt damon does she acts i mean there are yeah. scenes where she is on screen, you know, not only crying, but making you just about cry. And I'm fairly dead inside with my, mm-hmm. you know, crying during a movie. But I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just – I couldn't even believe some of the things that she was that she was doing that just were fantastic yeah. quite a few times. She, she did great. And so, so as a performance, she's great. Now, uh, without delving into spoilers, she and her character kind of – take Matt Damon's character on an adventure that he doesn't need to go on. Right. Um, And this movie turns into, it goes from being this midlife crisis, um, divorce, almost, almost dealing with white privilege kind of, kind of film that I was totally there for. And it takes it into, like you said, fantastic. Like, yes, if it just stuck with that. Right. Excellent. So it, it takes it into this, like you said earlier, like global, politics almost apocalypse driven uh climate change just it takes it into weird directions and it just doesn't it just doesn't ever uh come back from that and so it tries uh, to it to to pain's credit it tries to and and again we'll we'll explain that more in spoilers but it, it just doesn't work yeah, Once he uh, goes off those rails, he cannot get the train back on. And yeah, we will need to talk about that in spoilers because I don't even think it tried to. I think this movie halfway through forgot what it was trying to be. And um, I don't even think they tried to recover. I think halfway through the movie, the it, it, it the, the writers and, and director believed that this movie was something different than it needed to be inherently. Um, and it leaves those other themes that I was actually interested in behind and sure. and uh, just abandons them. Overall, I am much more mixed on this movie than All the Money in the World. I think the first hour is pretty good, honestly. Not not incredible, but, but good. I, I Pretty solidly enjoyable. Uh, and then it just goes, goes off the rails. And, and it's still not horrible uh, overall. I'm not hugely negative on this movie. It just has some major, major problems, far more than all the money in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, anything else before we give our final recommendations and move into spoilers? No, I think the big stuff we need to talk about in spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. We got We have to talk about this uh, second and third act here. Uh, so we will do that. So what is your recommendation? Theaters, rent it, uh, stream it, or skip it? Oh, that's, that's actually really hard. Um I don't think that there's anything, you know, pardon this pun, which I, I think they're just going to keep coming. I, you know, in terms of the scale of the movie, I don't think there's anything that needs to be seen on the on the big screen. I, I think you can you can very solidly um, stream it. I wouldn't even say, you know, pay the two ninety nine or four ninety nine. I think you should just stream it. You should see it. It's funny. There's lots of good moments in it, but it it doesn't really meet the the unless you've got movie pass shoot if you have movie pass go see it you know go see anything but i'd say stream it 
Yeah, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you certainly don't need to see this in theaters uh, unless unless you have movie pass and you've seen everything else. Absolutely not. Yes, yeah, solidly stream it on a, a platform you already have when it when it comes there. Because otherwise, honestly, this this really uh, any ideas that that it had going for it it, it completely loses it for me. So um, it's not really worth too much of a watch unless you just don't have much else to watch so that's what i would say unfortunately it is uh for me Payne's first misstep i I like every one of his other films so oh well all right so we are going to move into spoilers and talk about this problematic second and third act you're listening to the screeners podcast so i'm trying to think of exactly when it went off the rails because it doesn't go off the rails I don't think her arrival is what makes it go off the rails. I think it's I think it's the moment that they that they leave um luxury what's the name of the place they're in? Luxury uh Leisure Town. Leisure Town. Um I I, I want to say that's the time where it really it really doesn't work because yeah. It started it starts going off rails when they start talking about how she's this activist and how she like you can kind of get the you get the feeling that it's going to why does she need to be this big activist? Uh, why does she like? You can already because it could have just are, been her helping other people. You mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, why? Why is she? You can already tell it's going to go global when they start talking about the global politics of downsizing. It's like I don't really care about that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really impact this story, and so I was I was much more interested. Now, her as a character, you're right. It's not just her presence. It's uh, because. I think it could have gone in interesting directions of exploring white privilege when it oh, shows him going to the uh, you know whatever you would the call ghetto, it the, basically the slums of, of yeah. yeah the slums of the downsizing world I guess Where, that a bus line goes to like that's that even was weird I, I think it I, see that I was way still on board with that part when when like you said when they're when it seems as though they're digging into this white privilege and so I was thinking I. I really, I, I appreciated where it went. I was thinking, wow, yeah, but somebody still has to cook the food at these at the Benihana mm-hmm. that's in yeah. Um So how is that working out? And then it answered my question. He meets, you know, he's he's at this crazy party, which is like a twenty-five minute too long scene. Yeah, that was just, very long. Uh, of Matt Damon as this bland white guy taking LSD or whatever it was, and and. We've seen yes, this scene like a hundred times. Gosh, um, I would have paid way more money like to see Christoph Waltz do that party because <laughs> um, I think it would have been insane. But uh, it's anyway. All that's all that's to say. He wakes up with a hangover and and runs into uh, uh, Knockland Tren, and that leads him down to to explore the underbelly of um, of Leisure Town. You know the the supporting staff that has to be there necessarily to a town like that. Um, and it really opens his eyes. You know, he meets a dying woman. He meets, you know, these people who can't feed themselves, who, who, who are, um, sick or hurt or whatever, um, which, you know, whose backs he essentially lives upon, but then it got global and that's where it didn't work. And, and even before it got global, um, it started to get in problematic areas. Uh, it started down the path of the, the white savior going to save the slums you know what i didn't yeah Mm -hmm. so and so which i don't know it it didn't end up resolving that whole aspect of things so i don't know where it was gonna go but it it was starting to get a little uncomfortable well i think Um, see with that one it didn't 
I, because I don't think that it was saying like I think yes you're right it was it was dancing on that line a, a little yeah. too much of him you know oh he's the doctor he's gonna help everybody but he didn't um, and that's where it stayed yeah. okay, on the okay side of that line like where the lady died anyway you know or the, he yeah. was definitely her helper you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't him doing the saving and she could she could fall away um, yeah. So yeah, because she was a good enough character that she was she was uh, a very admirable person, uh, very uh, putting others before herself kind of thing. So yeah. you're right, yeah, but and kind of you know, showing was, him that he needs to be that way. Yes, you know, yeah. And so I just all of those things were far more interesting. And then, like we said, it it, it takes this whole global route where I, I'm trying to even str- I'm struggling to remember how it even gets there with uh, they. Christoph Waltz and his partner, his business partner, need to take Matt Damon and for and not inexplicable Trent. reasons, right? Yeah, the reasons were, oh, we need to get Matt Damon away from Nakhlan Tran. Yes, because she's and she's dragging it. him down, basically. She's dragging him down, yeah. and and so she says, okay, I go with you too. And, and that's it the was scene. Like, even what? even though even the ridiculous like conceit of the fact that she she just basically bullies her way onto this trip. But then also that she's been invited numerous times to go to the original yeah. colony of the downsized people. Um, it, that was dumb. I, I I didn't like it. That scene I really liked. I mean, she again she performs it really well. I think it's yeah. a stupid scene, but she does a great job. And there's a few moments in that in this movie. One of them is when they're in church, and another's where uh, it's it's uh, toward the end when she's basically you know yelling at him. Um, I just she knocks the the walls down i mean she just does yeah. a great job yeah uh she does a great job even though the way the movie is going is really dumb because it just doesn't even i don't even understand the concept of why they wanted to go there because it, it turns the movie from this midlife crisis idea or or white pr- handling white privilege or whatever you want to say all those all those things into the world is gonna end yeah. And we need to outrun the end of the world. It's and too it, it's, late. All the downsizing, you know, like, which is supposed to reduce our carbon footprint, that didn't. That's that was too late to, to actually do anything. So we need to go hide in a mountain. It's like the, the whole time all. I was watching it, I was just going, "What, what is happening?" Yeah. Like I don't even, I don't get how we got here. This started as a story about a man who is bored with his life and dissatisfied, and then gets abandoned by his wife and in, divorce and I then loved that by the way i'm sorry to, to, to derail us here i Kristen, i didn't see it coming i really didn't see it coming. okay so i did because <clears throat> one of the stupid trailers had that moment that phone no. call in the trailer and i was pissed i hadn't seen that i had yes. i had not watched i think i'd only seen like a teaser or something so back back to the global politics thing i just the whole time i just didn't understand why like it, it, it's almost as if they they misunderstood the yeah. movie that they were trying to tell. I like agree. Th- the most interesting parts of the movie had nothing to do with saving the earth or climate change. Those are very valid things that movies should be made about. Right. But that was not ever this movie. It was never Matt Damon's characters. I keep forgetting his name. That's why I keep saying Matt Damon's Paul. characters. Paul. It was never Paul's role that he should have ever played he was just a boring white guy 
and he has no business being there. He has no discernible role to play other than tagging along with Christoph Waltz uh, and and tagging along, for that matter, with Knockland Tran. And it's just, if we're going to do this movie, Knockland Tran should have been the main character. She should have been the star. If it's going to be a huge you know, yes. environmentalist, you know, statement or whatever. Forget the midlife yeah. crisis stuff and never make it about that. Just make it about this activist who gets downsized and then has to do all this stuff and uh, sort of save the world. Um, and it was just never, it, it just sounds ridiculous, ridiculous to talk. If you told somebody the plot of the first act, and then tell them the plot of the second act. They sound like complete two different movies altogether. And I think that's even why the the IMDb description is just uh, dude gets shrunk, right? And that's interesting. And that's that's interesting. Now, okay, I I had a weird thought, and just tell me, you know, am I trying to rationalize this too much? Okay, so it gets to the end. They they're they're in the fjords. Matt Damon decides to join this this essentially this cult that uh, that's gonna go hide in the mountains and save themselves. Um, and then he, he changes his mind in the end, right? He gets halfway, not even halfway down the tunnel. He gets like a hundred steps down the tunnel and then turns around and decides to, to run away. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to seal the, the, the tunnel. They're going to, you know, um, block it, block his entrance with boulders and stuff like that. And there's the ultra, I think the ultra anticlimactic moment is, you know, they're counting down, you know, the, there's an alarm going off and they're counting down to when the, the tunnel is going to get sealed. And then you see it as though you are, you know, a full-size person watching this tunnel get sealed. And it's just this little, like, and then rocks fall. That was hilarious. It was hilarious. Oh, I loved it. I think that worked. Okay, is that... I laughed so hard. I, I couldn't stop. Um, now, do you think that's Alexander Payne's point? Like, I, I'm now having this, this whole rethinking of this is that his point where we do have this white guy who who is uh, gonna go do all these things and 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 he's gonna go save the world um and and learn about his you know his white privilege and all this other stuff and the seedy underbelly of of not the seedy underbelly just the 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 way that his world runs um and then before actually doing anything about it just changes his mind and walks away is he is is pain trying to say something with that um, I didn't really get anything like that, so I don't know. Uh, what I what I got the thing is I don't even know what the message was trying to say. I didn't. That's get my it problem too. Yeah, because um, and maybe maybe if I rewatched it, I could get more of a message from it. Uh, but I was just so distracted by how much I didn't care about this plot. Um, that that I just kind of didn't care about the messaging because it was just everything felt so for everything about the third act second kind of end of the second third act uh, felt so forced, including the 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 romantic relationship between Knockland Trant and Paul that was so not it just didn't make any sense no. because they were um, it almost it that felt weird too because uh, Paul, it really felt weird. Paul very clearly looked down on Knockland Tran. And I think that's the point is he looked down on her, uh, even though she is a great character, she's kind of a hero. And, yeah. um, but the fact of the matter is it never felt like he didn't look down on Knockland Tran. It felt like he still, he, he hooked up with her while still looking down on her, which just felt oh weird. He, <laughs> like I don't he know, literally, man. it's the, the, that scene he he's 
taken off of her off her prosthetic leg and is and yeah. is I mean he's helping her. He's he's you know she's got a bad prosthetic on there which is chafing her skin and he's massaging um her her leg. But the problem is it that was super awkward that he was it was like a doctor helping his patient yeah. and then he's and then he's like he literally he just makes a move on her she's she's yeah. leaning back with her eyes closed and and yeah they're f- sort of friends they've known each other for a whole week maybe and or right. whatever it is and and yet it just happens and he just goes for it i'm like ah this is the wrong time yeah the this thing was that weird almost redeemed it was <laughs> they go upstairs and christoph waltz's look at them uh he goes upstairs and he knows exactly what they've just done and he's just leering at them and i i, I absolutely i i lost it. it like loudly like snorted almost in the theater when that happened because i just loved his look because again yeah. i would have watched this movie if it was starring christoph waltz <laughs> well i i i think I don't think it's a problem with Matt Damon starring no, in it not, if yeah. it stuck to the to the first half of the movie. It's just the problem is this movie doesn't know what it is. It's, it's or what it trying, wants to be even or what it wants to be. It's trying to do too many things. It's trying to be midlife crisis, white privilege, climate change, uh, saving the world, being an activist, uh, international borders, global politics, all these things, and it's not doing any of them well because it never resolves the whole midlife crisis or the divorce aspect of things or the social class issues or the white privilege. It just never solves any of them. And so it starts all of these really good and interesting things that could have made a great movie and individually to way too much yeah. exactly so uh overall this is just kind of this is just a a misfire for me it's not horrible there's enough good ideas that it makes it interesting some funny moments like when those <laughs> the little firecracker goes off and blocks the entrance that was hilarious <laughs> a good moment. um but ultimately i just didn't care about where these characters were going or what they were doing so yeah uh overall it feels like uh it, it just feels like this was the wrong fit for a white privilege movie. So, you know, I don't know. It just it just didn't didn't quite work. Those movies are needed. I want to see those movies. Absolutely. I want to see a movie about a guy dealing with his white privilege or, or being confronted with other cultures that he's not prepared for right. and uh, things like that. And it's just... Uh, just or this, uh, or this activist being forcibly downsized sure. and, for you know, having to... F- fight the you know the the powers that be or whatever yeah that would have been a great movie too so yeah yeah. it's just all all too much all too much so um oh well i still uh am excited for whatever pain does next because i think um he just i I, maybe he's just not a fit for high concept maybe maybe that's that's what it is i don't know uh because i i think all his other moves are fantastic so well that about does it for our bonus episode today uh as always you can follow us uh on twitter at screeners cast we love to talk with you guys there interact and hear what you guys think about these movies you can also like us on facebook uh, and interact with us there. You can even, if, if email's your thing, man, feel feel free to do that. You can email us, screenerscast at gmail.com. And don't forget, uh, the next Trek podcast is coming back very soon. New episodes here in January as Star Trek Discovery comes back. Uh, Tyler, where can we find you online? You can follow the next Trek at the next Trek on Twitter. You can follow me at Tyler Howitt on Twitter as well. All right. And as always, thanks for being here. We will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.